Charles Spurgeon was a man that God used, and millions are still being impacted by his kingdom work. As we examine his life and ministry, we hope to strengthen today's church and bring glory to Christ. My name is Joel Littlefield, lead pastor of New City Church in Bath, Maine, and I'm joined by my brother in Christ, Josh Whitney. Welcome to the Spurgeon Maniacs podcast. not being able to handle how to unwrap plastic. Is it Christmas? Christmas for me. In they changed the color. Oh, well, now I want to return it. No, yours looks better. I like the darker version you of it. You think so? Yeah. yeah. So what did you just open? I just opened The Lost Sermons of C.H. Spurgeon, Volume 1, of my own. It's your very it's my own. own. You, you don't just own it. You're going to read it. <laughs> yeah. oh, read it. Do you, do you always take the plastic cover off or the paper, the slip? When I use it. When you when I use what it. What a hassle. You put Dude, it back on after? Oh, for sure. 100%. Oh. I, can't, I can't not have this. It actually looks kind of nice with just the... It does. Yeah. Again, this is... Is this darker? That looks the same. That does look the same. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good. So, yeah. I'm a huge thing. Yeah. I will... Because it's just in the way. Yeah, it is. It is to in use. the way. But when I'm done using it, I absolutely, and without any kind of remorse, hesitation, will put that back on. Nice. Because it's beautiful. Kudos I to you. Like oh, good so to see you, man. Fresh. Hey, it's good to see you too. We've oh, been doing this more lately, where the the podcast like recording happens like right, boom, like yeah. end of the day yeah. work. Busy and then slam. We started with such good intentions. No prep. <laughs> we did. We started with such good intentions. We have no recordings in the backlog. We, I know we have absolute like zero. Four or five in there. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, and yeah. you guys are going to hear it on Monday. It's Monday for yep. you. Yeah, we're on. We're on top of it. We're so good at this. This is what you guys pay for. This is it. Yeah. Well, the well, two, of, two you. of you, <laughs> two of you, two of you, two of you guys are like, you guys are so awesome. Oh man. And Appreciate I it. confession time. I, I've been you. lacking a little bit in, in the blogs, so I'm going to have to get it's, I will just say it. I was just telling Callie, I think this is the busiest season I've ever been in, in a very long time. Yeah. Very, very long time. Yeah. Now I'm trying to go to Nepal. <laughs> just to break things up a bit. Just to break. Just, just a little vacation. Yeah, know, just just in some peace and quiet. Bendu, Nepal. In Dude. where? What'd you say? Kathmandu. Oh, Kathmandu? Kathmandu. Dude, do you want to hear something really cool? I thought it was Pokaho. Poka, po- Pokhara? Pokhara. I think Pokhara is like a part. It's like out of Kathmandu. Uh, like okay. There's like a little village. I think Peace Child is in Pokhara, but there's stuff that happens in Kathmandu. So check this out. I'm checking. Pillar Network. Oh, page 76 would okay. be Sermon 2. So the Pillar Network uh, reached out yesterday and said, hey... Uh, we have a pillar pastor who is Nepalese and he's been in the UK, but he's moving back to Kathmandu to be a part of his 
father's old church to sort of revitalize it. And he w- was a um, prosperity preacher mm. that that completely God just got a hold of his life. He's now reformed. He's a member of the Pillar Network, and uh, he's going to be getting to Kathmandu two weeks before we would be getting there. So that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. And actually, so Pillar was asking if our little network of churches here would be willing to all come together and support and support him as a pastor in Nepal. How awesome. That would be awesome. awesome. That would be so cool, man. Oh my gosh. I saw, so you're going down there and you're going to do a little bit of training with these guys as well. Like intentionally, Yeah. not just how I find some pastors, No. but like that's, that'd be one of the purposes of heading down there. I made sure that was yeah clear that it was actually something that I could do and focus on. So Craig said, absolutely. He's got at least three or four guys that would love to sit down for a few days and do some training. We'll walk, do go through the practical shepherding stuff and just try to, yeah, try to encourage. If if the money doesn't come in, I don't go though. That's the thing. Like I have to raise this money, so yeah, it, it's in the Lord's hands. And if I don't go, I'm at peace about it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, because I'm busy. It's very, 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 very busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a if if you guys, you guys can also. I'm sure you guys can find Joel on the Facebooks. And there's a, the book there's of faces. a fund rate, the book of faces where all the faces are found. Um, where all the faces are. Anyways. The brightest and the best. Yeah. Faces. faces. All the, all the beautiful, happy people. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. About? I, was, I, th- I you, thought I, I was thought referencing were... <laughs> something pop culture. Nope. No, I lost it. Hey man. Uh, anyway, what were you Stop saying? Stop chasing waterfalls. Oh man. Or you shouldn't, no, don't stop. Don't you shouldn't stop. Go. <laughs> you shouldn't go. And chase waterfalls. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't go. Yeah. Anyway, let's. <laughs> I don't want to even prove that I know what comes next because that would just give. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I owned that CD. Did you? Oh my gosh! Yeah. I don't know. Salt and pepper. <laughs> you remember them too? TLC. I always use salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never listened to Salt and Pepper. Yeah. I know who they are. They're hard to hear. You have to sure. shake. Yeah. Yeah. You got to hold it. <laughs> I, I, yeah. mm-hmm. I go by sound in when I'm distributing salt and pepper. Supposed to, yeah, that sounds like enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, for for, for kind of being in a rush today, we're not well, we doing, doing a great so job. Bad. What okay. is going on hey, here? Yeah. Uh, is this our second episode in our series of going through the lost sermons of C.H. Spurgeon? It sure is, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, episode number two, new season, uh, new series. Not a new season, new series. Old season, season one was one sermon. <laughs> now we're entering the second season, which is going to be do like twenty one. sermons. <laughs> Very sporadic. We don't know. By the way, still, you should get this book. You tell them about the deal. Tell them about the deal. We'll tag Lifeway. Oh, that I found. Fa- yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So I found it on accident because I I went to Lifeway first to look for this book. And I found it there for $59, which is great. And then they had a sublink over in the side, and it said $17.98. That's a steal. I'm like, what is – that must be like – that must be their digital copy. And I clicked on it. No, guys, if you go to lifeway.com or you probably easier to search it this way, um, uh, the Lost Sermons of C.H. Spurgeon, Lifeway, and you scroll over a little bit to the right, you'll find – each of these volumes individually for like seventeen ninety eight each. I think there was one that was maybe twenty two, but that's still good. But volume the one, the twenty two is the special edition. Oh, oh, that's like collector's edition. Or collector's something. edition. What's yeah. the difference? Is it like leather or? Has um, 
it has it has some more notes per sermon. Like okay. it just has more things that weren't originally released. Gotcha. But I didn't. I thought this was just because I did. You had it. I haven't been using it. You've just yep. been giving me the notes, mm-hmm. and then we kind of went through it. But there's like so much amazing information on here before like each sermon, like just the insane. appendix. Insane. It it's, starts off with an awesome timeline. Yeah. But I actually, because I was just reading through some stuff, I want to share something that's like kind of crazy uh, real quick. And then we can, then we'll jump into the actual content. But all right, you ready that for this? It does not taste like pecan. It does not. All right. So of all the people, <laughs> what are we talking about? I'm sorry. Are we eating pecans? No, because if we were, they would taste like pecans. Yeah. No, this weekly special at the... Anyway, what? Oh, it's me. I'm talking. <laughs> so not only did, did these... Like, all kinds of well-known figures existed around Charles Spurgeon. I, I just learned this in the Lost Sermons of Spurgeon series that also... The man who wrote The Adventures of Tom Sawyer... Yeah, do you know who that guy is? Huckleberry Finn? No. Oh, sorry. Uh, his name is Samuel Clemens, and but then his author name or his what he chose to be called was Mark Twain. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain. Um, apparently, at one point when he was doing a tour through London, here's what he said. These are the words of Mark Twain. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Sunday, August 17th, 19, uh, 1879, raw and cold and a drenching rain. Went over to the tabernacle and heard Mr. Spurgeon. House three quarters full, say 3,000 people. First hour lacking one minute, taken up with two prayers, two ugly hymns, and scripture reading. Sermon three quarter of an hour long, a fluent talk, good sonorous voice, topic treated in the unpleasant old fashion, man a mighty bad child. God working at him in 40 ways and having a world of trouble about him. A wooden-faced congregation. English sacred music seems to be always the perfection of the ugly. The music today could not be worsted. It neither touched nor pleased. It is a slander to suppose that God could enjoy any congregational singing. Spurgeon was not at his best today. I judge he was probably even at his worst. It was so cold I was freezing. The pouring rain made everything gloomy. The wooden congregation was not an inspiration. The music was depressing, so the man couldn't preach well. <laughs> oh my that God. is a quote from Mark Twain. <laughs> All right, so here's what's crazy. Holy it says that cow. on this same tour, his next stop was actually to visit Charles Darwin. And Charles Darwin, sort of in agreement well, anyway, the guy, the guys who p- compiled this were like this. It's exactly the kind of thing that Darwin would have uh, basically supported Twain's uh, assessment of Spurgeon. But just crazy, man, mm-hmm. crazy. How that cool, is huh? So funny. But anyway, but they, they go on in this. So this is the kind of stuff that you get in this book, and and they sh- they share with you why somebody like Twain and somebody like uh, Darwin would would hate and be opposed to Charles Spurgeon's uh, preaching because he preached the gospel. Yep. And he did not support the the modern science that was emerging. And he just preached the text. And he called people sinners. And Mr. Mark Twain did not like to be called sinner. Mm -mm. That is for sure. He does. Yeah. Except God's people. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Love it. All right. What's the topic for today? Topic of today is, I'm reading this one, right? Necessity of purity for an inch, for, huh? (laughs) Necessity of purity for an entrance to heaven. Necessity of purity. Yeah. 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 For an entrance to heaven. 
That's, that's I think I read that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly what you said. Good. All right, take three. <laughs> yeah. So this is a, a sermon outline again that uh, that we find in a, a piece of papyrus. <laughs> that's right. The leaf, yeah. the folded leaf. <laughs> yeah. And so again, this is uh, so some other stuff that I'm finding out as sort of reading more and more that um, a lot of these were actually penned by Susanna. Oh, really? Yeah, and then later she would take, you can find in his autobiographies where Susanna will take and transcribe his full sermon that he used from, that he took, that he preached from these outlines. Yeah. And so that's kind of a neat little fact. So you have, and these, so these are books, or maybe that's the opposite. No, these, these are his, these are his outlines. He would preach full sermons from them. That's what it was. And then Susanna would transcribe the full sermons later on sometimes in his autobiography. Some of these sermons were later on transcribed in full form. How would she... So she was just trying to be writing as fast as he talked? Or recall... That's crazy. How, I, I mean, stenographers, right? Maybe they... Did they, they have a typewriter like, then? They must like, have, yeah. They must have just, like, hit record. Yeah, just record it. We... Yeah. We should... Next time we'll play the recording of Spurgeon's voice that we have. Good. Yeah, good, we'll good, pull good, that good, out good, of good. the archives. Yeah, so we have this outline... Mm. On his sermon on Revelation twenty one twenty seven, it says, "And there shall in no wise enter into enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life." Mm. It's been a while since I've read King James. Yeah, worketh maketh abominationeth. Worketh shall not <laughs> no what yeah. Yeah, so what he 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 seems to be tackling this idea that at the very end, when heaven is filled with all the righteous, there's coming a day where everyone else will be shut out. No one else is allowed in except the pure. Necessity of purity mm. for an entrance to heaven. And so <clears throat> let's just kind of work through the outline. We'll talk about it a little bit. A little bit at a time. Yeah. So first point strictness of the law and he's got this interesting little bracket here um yeah no i so this is this is the first time that yeah, i really no. looked at it so satan cannot and sin cannot is that so is that how he's got it worded in there what a matter of rejoicing to xn what is that so, what are you pointing at the very first one oh yeah yeah first thing so i think so when, before he even gets to that, he's got this above the first subheading. He says, enter in glory, joy, peace, happiness, heaven. So I think he's making this uh, this case for who, who who enters into glory. There is an entering in yeah. into this place of peace, happiness, heaven, all of these things. But there is a strictness of the law that will not allow anything but but that is good. Mm. to enter in mm. and so then satan and sin satan cannot not sin allowed cannot. and then so we have all of these so you have to really use the footnotes and that's what's really cool about this so if you have and if you have time like i don't know if you're able to jump over there real fast but all of these numbers correspond with a little footnote um so you can see how when it says uh, enter in glory joy peace happiness heaven Look at mm -hmm. footnote number four. Let's just, just for an example, an alternate reading of this line is enter into glory, joy, peace, happiness, happiness, and heaven. Wow, that's a great, uh, yeah, I mean, that means a whole lot to me. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, just so much. <clears throat> slight variations, I guess. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's that next one? Um, N5. Is that it? I have no idea what that means. Sorry to our listeners who are even more blind than we are because you can't see Can anything. You, listener, you tell me what that says. <laughs> yeah. So man cannot because he is defiled. So let, let's just, I guess, talk about that for a moment. Um, he, he is laying out the fact that under the strictness of God's law. Yeah. So yeah, how, how does, I guess, what determines, uh, what determines one's, one's purity and their... Yeah, ability to enter in. Why? I say their condition. Okay. Their condition is their that defiling. Mm-hmm. So the, and I believe this is the, at least from my point of view, this is the argument against certain, um, the uh, theologies that is man corrupted mm-hmm. from from birth. Or is there a losing away of this of this nature that one cannot end? Like, can a man enter in until he crosses this line and then he is not permitted to enter in and he needs Jesus' grace in order mm-hmm. to do that? I think we, w- we would both say that from the very beginning, mm-hmm. inherited to him, yep. man can never enter in. That's right. And I think that's the point of the law. Yeah, Paul says that often throughout Romans, throughout Galatians. That the law is meant, uh, the law is a hindrance. The law is a stumbling block yeah. because you read it and you go, well, uh, well now what? Like the rich man, mm-hmm. he came away. And the reason he left sad is because he realized he could keep the law perfectly, but he couldn't, he couldn't do this extra step. He couldn't do this extra thing when really that was the whole point to begin with. Yeah. It's not about how many actions you can keep. It's about it's about your righteousness. It's about your own. Yeah. In this case, as Spurgeon brings up your own purity. Yeah. So he, he, he says a couple notes here, man cannot enter in. He is defiled. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then uh, interesting thing here, there's a question mark before his, uh, question, mm-hmm. question mark, how can man enter? And then he has a question mark. Apparently that's the only time in this notebook where he puts a question mark before, the question isn't that weird. So they, they, they copy it exactly as they see it on. The yeah. Notes. I'm looking at that. Yeah. So it's the only time, but for whatever reason, so I, maybe a double em- emphasis, can you picture your sermon of this being written down and tr- he's writing this outline and he's like, I don't know. I really need to ask this question. It's like a very yeah. important question. So I'm going to put two question marks. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, yeah. for emphasis, yeah. you know, I do things like that. I'll, I'll bold caps, you know, I'll caps lock something and be like, mm-hmm. I need to say that bigger, more emphasis, louder. Sometimes I box it. Sometimes I underline it. Yeah. Sometimes I do two or three underline. It's all, it's always it all, different. Exactly. So he's got <laughs> two really question cool. marks here, but so this idea that he is defiled and mm-hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of people today, or at least, I mean, yeah, there's definitely some, and even Christians that cannot stand to think about uh, man as being a defiled creature. That we are yeah. defiled, and because it's too harsh, it sounds too unloving. Um, but How, that's not yeah. fair. That just doesn't sound fair. Exactly. Everyone but, needs to have the exact same fair shot as everybody else every time. Which, but that's the thing is, it is a fair shot because everyone is defiled. It is. True, and so true. then, how? Yeah. 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 Well, I know that's. What you, I knew. I know you knew that. Okay. I was just for the <laughs> benefit. Like, well, for the benefit of the. 
<laughs> so you were saying? So yeah, every, everyone's defiled. And so then he, the, I think that's how he would build his sermon is to say, beginning with who enters in or that no one really can enter in, no man, man mm-hmm. cannot, he is defiled. So then the question is, how can he enter in? How can man come in? Mm-hmm. It's not by ceremonies, he says, not by law, not by sincere obedience in in part. part. Not like by sincere that. obedience in part. So it's interesting that this is the, the topic because this Sunday we're, um, we're preaching in Matthew 5 about the fulfillment of the law, how Christ fulfills the law, and how your, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees in mm-hmm. order to enter into heaven, and how God does not, or excuse me, Christ does not uh, diminish or demolish the law, but he upholds it and he fulfills it. But this idea of thinking about how Christ fulfills how are we enter how do we enter into heaven because we can't by any ceremony or law keeping or obedience but Christ can and Christ did and he does fulfill the law so how how then can the heart be purified if there are those that if if man can't enter heaven if no man can because all are defiled then mm-hmm. then how is this scripture true? It says, There shall be in no wise unto this anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So who enters in to heaven? Man. Man. But 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 no man can. Yeah. They can't so <laughs> when you're doing this. No, no, it's good. I had just had a thought, but I stopped myself Go for from it. saying No No, I, I, it's not worth it. Okay. It was was it an Elvis quote? No, okay, no, good. some song. Good. Some dumb song <laughs> immediately popped into my head. So I've got a question. How how is the heart then purified to be able to <laughs> No, no I, I asked you that. I know. Oh, I'm no. Tr- uh, you gotta, this, I'm trying to segue us back. Okay. Let I me, just thought of this great question. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, thank you. I, what was it? Can you repeat the question? Uh, how then is the heart purified? Mm. Because we would say that the heart must be purified in order to get in. Um, otherwise, you are still defiled. And it is because he lists the first reason all past sin is forgiven. Mm. So that reminds me of Exodus 34, where it says, starting in six, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the, ge- on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. Mm. And so you have that dichot- like that God is so loving and forgiving, but by no means will clear the guilty. So you, you have to ask that question, then how is someone forgiven but not cleared of their guiltiness? Mm. Is be is because God never lets justice and righteousness ever be quenched. That's right. And so He He does forgive by not clearing the guilty, but making Him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf, Amen. so that we might become the righteousness of God. And that is where He writes, "How then? That is by free grace. Yeah. So it's free to us, not free to Him. That's right. But is free to us. Yeah. I think of. Um couple of things that come to mind when you brought up Exodus is Romans 3 and the propitiation. That's how, like how are our sins past 
forgiven, presently forgiven, but how are they past forgiven? It says that in Romans 3.34, or let's say 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace, his free grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness. Now here's where it connects to Exodus. Because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Christ. So that's right. So there was a divine forbearance. There was a a, a purposeful waiting and that there was one day there was going to be a perfect fulfillment in Christ that when he dealt with sin, at the same time, he would be both just and the justifier. He would justify the ungodly, but he would also be mm-hmm. just in that his punishment would be, while well, his his wrath that was kindled against sin would rightly pour out upon Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's how, yeah, through the free grace of God in the person of Jesus. So the next point he says is yeah. the the heart must be purified in that all present sin must be crucified. And then he asks how by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So. How is that? How does that work? How does the where does the Holy Spirit come into a, a present so sin? Here is a great verse for that in John fourteen. Um, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So that's mm. an ongoing thing, or that's a current thing. And I will ask the ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, or yeah. another translation there is Advocate or Counselor to be with you forever. And so it's not only did Jesus forgive our past sins, but the spirit by petitioning to the father, because, oh man, I cannot think of this either. Um, I think it's Romans where I think it's Romans 12, where the spirit utters like groans and utters the way that we cannot even comprehend. So like when we try and pray, it's, it's talking about when we try and pray and we're so feeble in our sinful mind of how we are to pray, the spirit takes care of that for us perfectly to the father. It's awesome. So as we are like, I God, I don't know why I don't, I just, I don't, I don't know, please. I don't, the spirit is praying perfectly to the father for our behalf. Mm. Um, and that is, that is this advocate that Jesus promises to us. That's right. Yeah. And so that speaking of all present sin crucified. So I think oh, yeah. one, one great thing to, no, no, no. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just carrying it on. Like, yeah. So as people, so for you who are listening, for all of us that we need to be thinking about this is, this is where can this be, can be, a, did I just totally mumble a bunch of words? I think, uh, it's, it's I gonna think be, like gonna be, two of them were clear. <laughs> okay. So is this caffeinated? No. no. Did you say it's make it? it caffeinated, but write yeah, decaf on it? I'm like, this He'll is going to be so it. funny. I mean, he's going to love this. <laughs> so all present sin crucified. Yeah. Um, I think that that's where we can find encouragement as we're mm. just sort of thinking through and thinking about this sermon that Spurgeon preached and how it applies to us that right now, the sins that we commit, the sins we have committed are fully taken care of in a relationship with Jesus Christ because he has given us his free grace and he has sent us his Holy Spirit, which has sealed us and, and continually points us back to the crucified savior who once and for all was, was crucified for us. Mm. And then he goes to one more thing, all future sin avoided. And how by the spirit's help. So a really similar thing. And then what comes to mind is uh, Psalm one nineteen eleven says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not, 
sin against you. So there's all mm. bunch of places that we could go in, in the in scripture, but yeah, because of the Spirit's help in us and applying the word to our lives, not only are we forgiven of all sin, uh, past and present, but future sin can be avoided and then and forgiven, but avoided because of the gift of the Holy Spirit that implants the word richly in our heart and yeah. causes us to hate sin and love Christ continually. Mm-hmm. Hey everyone, this will only take a second of your time to tell you about our conference and a special deal. Our conference is officially official. That means our first annual Spurgeon Conference will be held at New City Church, 150 Congress Ave, Bath, Maine on May 26th and 27th. The first night's going to include an opening to the conference, dinner, and a live recording of Spurgeon Maniacs. The next day will be packed with sessions from James Renahan, Jeff Chang, Ed Romine, and our very own Joel Littlefield. We're going to have giveaways, we're going to have lunch, coffee, and wonderful fellowship with the saints. Those of you listening to this podcast get a special promo code. Go to our link in the show notes to our Eventbrite page and type in the promo code SPURGEPOD. That's S-P-U-R-G-E-P-O-D, and you will get $20 off that ticket price. We hope to see you all there. Now back to the podcast. So good, good, really good stuff. So what's the next heading? The next heading, the impossibility of entrance. And then he adds by no means as referencing back to revelation. Yeah. And in it says, um, God has said, so he will not allow it, nor angels, nor the redeemed. A wicked man would not be happy in heaven. No prayers, cries, groans, strife, can get a dead, unholy sinner into heaven. And then he puts in underline, in no wise. In no wise. Yeah, so I think I want to just see what that footnote was. Was that number number nine? Mm-hmm. Uh, John six thirty seven. Uh, he references, All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Mm. Yeah, it says Charles Spurgeon preached on John six thirty seven one additional time in his earlier notebooks. Blah blah blah, a bunch of little notes on that. But it looks sounds like he's pulling that from John six thirty seven. Yeah, in no wise. Yeah, so it's it is it's impossible. It's impossible to enter. It's impossible for um, anyone really. It, we need mm-hmm. we need Christ. <clears throat> and so, what about this part where he says God has said He will not allow it, nor angels, nor the redeemed. Does that, did that stand out to you? It did. And I was saying, like, oh, no, how am I going to explain this one away? Yeah, you, you didn't think I'd <laughs> ask you. Yeah, I won't. We're not, we don't have to know. This is, some of it's kind of cryptic. Like, again, these are outline notes. This isn't a manuscript. This is Spurgeon just, like, writing down things. And anybody who preaches knows that sometimes you write down things that you know you're going to say. But right, it comes out differently when you preach it. Yeah. It's just, they're just notes you know, outlines to preach from. So I think we definitely know from his other works by reading nor the redeemed that there is like this vague unhopefulness to, to those who think they're or to profess Christ, but actually not like he, he, he's clearly preached Christ crucified and those have a surety of life in him. Yeah. So I don't think he's trying to say by there, the redeemed in Christ still can't permit entrance. (laughs) 
I don't. Yeah, <laughs> clearly not what he's saying. Yeah, um, I do like that second line. A wicked man would not be happy in heaven. It's true. I like that too. I've heard other preachers. I don't know if other preachers have pulled it from Charles Spurgeon, but I've heard that before. This is I didn't know that he wrote that himself, but I have heard that in the past. Like, just think about like this unfairness that people have tried to put on theological views and everything. And you try and think of like an unchanged heart, uh, someone who hates God in their heart and wants to serve themselves and have what they want would, mm-hmm. would be utterly ruined in heaven mm. there or, or, or eternity, I think, because they would just be fueled by their hate because they, they, God never gave them, a changed heart. Do you know what I mean? Do you, do you know what I'm trying to get at? Not really. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. So someone who dies without Christ. Okay. And has never, has never turned like what he, I think what he's trying to get at is one who has never turned away from their sin oh, yeah. in this life. Yeah. And then in that state enters heaven. Yeah. Would be That's utterly right. ruined. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because they would just be fueled by their hatred of this purity of this righteousness that they know and then they'd be surrounded by people who are thrilled and utterly blown away by the fact that they're now in the presence of god mm-hmm. himself and i think they would just be utterly ruined like the people in revelation that are begging for the rocks to fall upon them so right. that god's face can't see them yeah it's interesting the the way that revelation sort of wraps up at the end and you have this sense of like these are the people that are not allowed into that city but but then you're like well, why, why would they want to? They don't. Why would they? Right, but at the same time, there is, it's almost like there's this eternal disdain and hatred and bitterness against mm-hmm. the righteousness of God that lasts mm-hmm. forever and ever and ever for those who are uh, rebellious against God yep. and, and hated Him in this life. And they're not going to, we're not going to repent in hell. Correct. There is no more repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, that's just crazy. And then all of it is just, I mean, this is a, this is serious business, and so I think we can picture Spurgeon taking this so seriously. We can see it at the end. He said the last, his third major subheading is: if a man is not in, he is out forever. No coming in, no change. So the finality of it mm, that yeah. you have this life to make that decision to follow Christ. If you're not in, you're out. That's there's no halfway in. There's no one foot in the world, one foot in the church. Um, and then see this little dotted, I like, he, he, he like sort of dashed his lines across, made a bunch of dashes. And then it's like, this is the, this is the important part. Not that the rest wasn't important, but he, he says, call to enter in by faith in Jesus. And so Christ. we, in Jesus Christ, yes, Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So knowing Spurgeon, his preaching, his style, his evangelistic nature of his, of his sermons, that this is where he would make a turn and call to the, to the congregation that would be no doubt full of all sorts of people from the streets of London, every, everybody from, uh, paupers to, you know, rich people, orphans, sinners, saints call to faith in Jesus Christ. And Spurgeon was very well known for doing that to a, on a regular basis, mm. a call to Christ. Um, what does it say on that little footnote? Anything special? It, yeah, uh, a little bit. So Let's hear it. Charles wrote the phrase, and so I'm quoting here, call, un, call to enter in by faith 
in Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ. I did it too, to signal how he should conclude the sermon. Mm. These remarks suggest Charles extended publicly a call to repentance. However, altar calls were foreign to Charles' ministry. In the construction of the Metropolitan Tabernacle, Charles installed inquiry rooms for those who wished to seek spiritual counsel and respond to the sermon after the conclusion of the service. That's awesome. So that's so instead yeah. of looking for a show of hand, I see that hand. I see. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I see that hand or whatever British accent he had. Yeah. He he gave this call and then provided space and provided room for those people to actually deeply inquire about this. Awesome. And it wasn't just like, do you not see all these hands, church? Like, let's marvel at how. Mm-hmm. Like, but it was it it was more than that. It yep. was actually like let's let's make sure these people understand and let's counsel. And it was an inquiry room, meaning like if you want to inquire, you come to this room. Yeah. We have these rooms. I heard he also <clears throat> would often utilize the Monday night prayer night. If you want to pursue faith in Christ, you have questions, you want to come and find out more, mm. come back on Monday. Come yeah. find me on Monday. Mm. And uh, which yeah, I, I love. Can ask a weird question? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you can't say no. I'll give you a you weird make, answer. Good. Have you always been... I don't know if bother is the right word, but people would be like, all right, and if you if you prayed that prayer and your heads are bowed, then I just, I'm not going to make you like come up to the front, but man, I just want like, welcome to the family of God. And it's like, so what, <laughs> what actually just happened? What just happened? <laughs> Something very spiritual just happened that nobody else could see except for the preacher. Except for the preacher oh. and, whatever, and that person who quietly prayed in their heart and then yeah. snuck out the back. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, it's a. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's dangerous. Uh, false conversions, false hope. Um, it's not even. It's not even biblical. There's. There was yeah. no profession of faith. Yeah. You know. I mean, just a little eye contact means nothing. I mean, I'd like to find out if this person truly <laughs> understands the gospel. Yeah. Um, before acknowledging that they are now a brother or sister in Christ or a son of God, son or child, a child of God. So. Yeah. It's an yeah, extreme it's very... phrase, but Paul Washer said that the sinner's prayer sent more people to hell than any oh, like man. cult pr- or some something like that. I believe it. And uh, it's I know that phrase has ruffled some feathers, but it's it's not that if if you prayed that prayer, then you're doomed to hell, just like Paul Washer said you are. Yeah. But it's 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 having faith in that. Like, hey man, I had like seven people at at church the other day say that sinner's prayer, and like, ah, oh, sweet. Yeah where are where yeah who were these people right like if, if, if the fact that you prayed in your pew does not mean you're fine because mm-hmm. anybody can pray yeah, but what man. is that what does your life look like what does your heart look like what is and all these things are in the father's hands for sure we shouldn't be going around and pointing fingers at people but the scriptures do give us a way to righteously not not critically and um just uh, non-objectively, but critically, you can judge mm-hmm. what you see. Mm-hmm. Scripture clearly points that out to us. So, so hold on, wait. Oh, never mind. You closed no, it. I didn't. Oh, yeah. Right so I'll, I'll wrap up, uh, and then we'll do some some outro. But what are the pla- where did where did Spurgeon preach this? If you go to the back page on the bottom, all the way at the, it gives three places. Oh, oh, that's what those are. Yeah, for. that's awesome. So we'll list those. What are those cities? So he preached this in Barton, February 9th, eighteen fifty one. Uh, as well as the same place. I guess that's what that means. Yeah. Um, April 7th, 1855. And then Grandchester, February 23rd, 1851. And then Waterbeach, 
October 19th, 1851. So he, he preached this, looks like four times he preached this message. Mm. If you go to earlier in the book, it tells you actually the mileage yeah. that Spurgeon had to walk to preach at these different places. So there are some places where Spurgeon preached where it was a uh, hundred and something miles. Well, I guess he didn't necessarily walk. He could have taken horseback or a train or whatever. But these were all about a five-mile five um, distance from where. So it's just cool, little details mm. about how he was doing this. But but yeah, um, so this is sermon number two in his notebook. And that means I misspoke last time just because the adoption sermon was number one in his notebook. It doesn't actually signify that it was his first sermon. That's not how this worked. He filled these books up with sermons, yeah. these notebooks, and then he preached them at various times in different places. So uh, I got to take my words back last time because I think I did say something like, this is his first sermon he's ever preached, but that's oh, that's not true. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I didn't, then I didn't. If I yeah. did, then I'm so sorry. If I didn't, then nothing. But if I did, I'm sorry. So awesome. Great great discussion and topic. And so yeah, for listeners, just be encouraged about if you're in Christ, then you have interest, entrance mm-hmm. into the celestial city, as Spurgeon would say if he was referencing Pilgrim's mm-hmm. Progress. And, and if you're listening and you're not in Christ and you're wrestling with faith, then we would encourage you, as Spurgeon said, to put your faith in Christ. Enter through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, because it's the only way mm-hmm. for forgiveness. So yeah, man. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. You want to bring us home? I think I do. So, if you're listening to this, this is the Monday before the conference. So, if you're listening to this and you haven't registered, register for the conference. We have... Please. Please. Sorry, that came out very aggressive. I apologize. Um, We are just so, so excited. Yeah, listening to this, we're only a few days away, so make sure you do that. Last push, invite your friends. Personally, give them a message through Facebook or text, however you do that. But let's let's get an amazing group of people to come out to this thing, see some amazing speakers. Um, Do that live recording of our podcast that we'll be doing on Friday. We are very, very excited. So... Also, our Patreon, that's where you can come support what we're doing, help us to kind of move forward, do other projects. You can be with us on Facebook, Spurgeon Maniacs, also our private page where you guys can interact with one another, and then send your questions over to podcast at SpurgeonManiacs.com. Man, we'd love to get some more questions. So yeah, more questions. Send us some questions, and we would love some support from patrons. All Both of those things. Yeah, that would be awesome. And five-star reviews. Can you guys imagine if Josh could like quit his job and go full-time? podcasting and and just blessing people and Being i mean I, I would help too oh yeah <laughs> yeah i have a job that i won't i won't quit pastoring you won't yeah no. you're not gonna quit pastoring for this awesome no. podcast no I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to mix those worlds for a while yeah yeah mm-hmm. good 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 yeah, pretty i good. like that choice mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well well on that note <laughs> such, a, such a smooth transition that was so good all right hope you guys hey. enjoyed bye see ya <laughs> So good. That was awesome.